Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. We are here bringing you a show on a Cubs off day after the opening weekend. But before we get into all the nitty gritty about this past weekend, talking Cubs baseball, I am Ron Luce, joined tonight by my two beautiful co-hosts, who I got to spend Thursday with, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But I'm joined by Joey Ricotta and the Juice Man himself. Boys, how are we doing? Cubs take two of three from the Brewers. We were together on Thursday. How's how's everybody doing on this Monday night? I think I'm probably doing the best out of all three of us here because I didn't have as long of a weekend as you guys did, but um, I definitely had a long opening day. So, uh, which I'm sure we're going to get into here in a second. But I'm doing good, man. I'm 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 wondering how you guys are doing here. Juicy Juice, how you feeling, buddy? I'll I'll share once once you're done. I want to know how you're doing. Um. Oh, I'm I'm awake. All right, there we go. Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> I always I always say to friends that like this is the best weekend or week in the year. I take vacation every year through this. I usually go to opening day, play around a golf, watch the Masters, and let me just start the show with the with the human body is just amazing. Like that we can do this to it for four to five straight days and not be dead. Like that's, I have so many hilarious cub stories from Thursday and then throughout the weekend, which was fun to watch them play good baseball. Um, but let me just say happy to be alive from the weekend and, you know, hands up and, and, and all the kudos to Ron Luce, man. He put in one hell of a performance this weekend, Thank you. like to go to that many games and to do that many, like live content like that's that's an impressive feat man and uh you deserve all the recognition you you got from the bleachers this weekend man because thursday i know joey's got stories but man like (laughs) thursday put me back like three years of my life i think one thousand percent so yeah i am right there with you guys i was very tired when i woke up this morning uh just literally from a sheer lack of sleep um over the last five days because i started a little earlier than you guys and then to juice's uh to joey's point pardon me i went as long as juice did um this weekend yeah i got to, i got to be at all three games that were actually played which was really cool it was like a little staycation for me and i had kind of played that out i've been wanting to do that for a long time true so iron man a- work it's kind of a bucket list thing. I low key, if they played on Friday, I might have gone to all four games. Dude, honestly, like Cal Ripken, Ron Luce. Like that's that's like where this <laughs> is right now. Iron Man talk. Yeah. Well, speaking of being Iron Man and, and the shenanigans that happened, we will start with a little bit of fun talk because Thursday, we finally, finally, we've been trying to do this for literally fucking ever. We finally got to be in person together at a game. Only three-fourths of us, unfortunately, Joe wasn't able to join us, and we're going to get him at a game at some point, probably during the summer. But, boys, Thursday was fun. I mean, we got to do the whole thing. We got to start at Murphy's Bleachers. We got to to hang out with a lot of the cool and awesome bleacher personalities that are within Cubs Twitter uh, on Thursday as well. Shout-out to guys like Mai Tai Guy. Um, I don't know if we got to see – we didn't get to talk to at all, but guys like Bleacher Jeff and – and uh and san ranto and all those guys but i mean boys it was it was a hell of a day i mean we had we had joey as his pick of the day being cubs money line never a doubt never never, never a doubt. not with us in attendance and they were like plus 160 something that day 
Like opening day was the best odds for the Cubs in terms. Dude, I was like telling people to hit it live if they didn't if they missed the pick of the day. I was like tweeting at them and telling them hit it live. I don't hit care. it live. I hit it. I hit it at like nine in the morning because I was like, not a doubt. Like not a doubt. There's no way. There's absolutely no way because this building is gonna be rocking, and it was, uh, and, and we had a lot of fun. But we were talking a little bit before we jumped on, and this was a topic of conversation. Was kind of reliving what happened on Thursday, and we'll get to the baseball part of all that later, but. Uh, Juice, I believe there's a uh, story that you have for our uh, our honored listeners that you would like to share. Um, I'm about afraid. Your experience. I'm afraid. No, and Joey shouldn't feel bad because by this point, where the story begins is when I separate from Joey. Joey's phone was maybe next to 2% battery, and Joey does not live in Chicago, does not know his way around Chicago. Mm-mm. So I, like a good co-host, threw him in an Uber we got him back by Ron. Let's just oh, say Ron had his hands to, full. Only to turn around and take Joey right and, back And take out. Joey right back out to where he was standing. Oh, but man. Let's just say that we left it all out there in the bleachers, man. I mean, you had to go oh, back because we thought your buddy like tore his ACL or something. Uh, like, he, uh, update, uh, shout out to my buddy Joe Sanders. The doctor initially thinks he might have, but he's got to get an MRI first. Whoa. Like, yeah. Yeah, news that's breaking news. We had we, are, we had an what, opening one day home injury. stand in. We're one yeah. home stand in. We already were, got a guy on the IL, man. There were more. Like, there were more people. The, the fans put more people on the IL than the players did on Thursday. That was that kind of day in the bleachers. But let's just say that it does not take. It it, it takes a lot longer to go from <sighs> Wrigley Field to the cell because I cross over at Lou Jones and I hit the Metro out on the other side. So that's the way that I've always gone from Wrigley. I'm not going to say what, where I live, but I do, I'm in the South suburbs. So I did not drive because I'm a responsible human, but I'm also a degenerate. So (laughs) when I left Joey, I was in no shape to be hurrying to a train or any of that. And let's just say that the red line is a hit or miss situation where you could be stuck on the train for 20 minutes because there's a fight on it and you miss your train and you end up just saying, screw it. I'm going to go straight to 35th. I was at 35th for 45 minutes. Did not fall asleep. Was sitting there in the corner. Did not have (laughs) anything to eat. And I'm somewhat in the doghouse because of it, because instead of my dumbass getting on the Metro and going back, I called, the lovely juice lady to come get me. Oh no. From 35th <laughs> when she got done at work at 8 30. Oh, and boy. proceeded to not feel so great in her car. So no. I, am oh. 10, I am in the doghouse for the foreseeable future, but man, what a day. Like if you and really that- want to like cap everything before, like what from TikTok girl. All the way to freaking forgot about her standing in the bleachers watching <laughs> your buddy tears ACL from celebrating a double by Ian Hap. Like that's that's exactly may may we remember why it's a go ahead. it was a parade. go ahead double go ahead double go ahead double of course but she's taking selfies with my debit card. <laughs> yeah, there, right. there are some unbelievable stories that we have, and literally we could just do a whole show talking about the stories. But a couple of good ones, we'll, we'll highlight some of them really quick. Uh, Murphy's Bleachers was an absolute banger of a time before the game started. Um, 
We get to the bleachers. We got to meet my Thai guy. Shout out to him. That was a lot of fun. Or at least I got to meet him. I know Juice, you know him, but I didn't. I had never met my Thai guy. Uh, so it was a first for me. Um, yeah, it was crushed, the first time for me, crushed, too. Crushed He's a cool dude, dude, man. Yeah. Oh, great dude. Great dude. But I mean, we we, we crushed a ton of beers. I even crushed a Mai Tai with him. Um, nice. Was well worth it. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we did it all. We had Joey, you know, locking down the bet. Uh, telling the brewers to fuck them. Um, <laughs> the Yelich sucks water boy chance. Yes. Yelich, his birthday, his Yelich, birthday is forever. Yelich got absolutely, for those that weren't at any games this weekend, Yelich got absolutely harassed the entire weekend. Like to the point where on Sunday, I think he just started turning around just to like actually prod people to keep going. Cause I think he thought it was funny. Like it was that level of like harassment. It was unbelievable. It was very dude, intense. Dude, at one point. At one point, I know he was looking at me. Like, I I literally lost my voice yelling at Yelich, I'm pretty sure, because mm-hmm. of his you birthday. You are the only one. Quite a few oh, everybody. Were. We all were. We yeah. all were. But at one point, I'm pretty sure he looked directly at me and just, like, stared. And I'm like, what? Like, you're on the field. Like, <laughs> not, I mean, and Joey actually – but... you actually got to that, like, what type of uh... – yeah. Of mood after all the fun, but yeah, but, I mean, it was a lot and of fun. Joey, and Joey also met uh, a guy who tried to intimidate us from Evergreen Park, who was the member of this guy who was standing over at Murphy's, who was saying, oh. uh, I'm the hor- I used to own all the horse racing tracks, and we went, dude, we really don't care what you own. We're trying to have a good that time. That guy was wild, man. Yeah, wild, wild, wild stuff. Tried to take Joey's <laughs> beer. He just walked up. He's like, is this anybody's? And Joey's like, yeah, I'm standing here holding it. <laughs> like it's mine dude it's it's mine <laughs> absolutely I see. okay so i didn't content. i didn't hear that story because again I, like you said i had to go help somebody that was on the il but wow that Ron, is- i was in no condition to tell you about this story <laughs> in fairness that's fair. that's fair yeah we should we shouldn't have dragged you back out we did but it was a good time and then you guys went home and juice obviously you said you you got to do some stuff with the family and then and you got to watch the masters and, and do some other good fun stuff um i just stayed at wrigley the entire weekend it was great um a little apple juice to keep juice hydrated a little juicy juice a little juicy, juicy juice, juice for juice a little juicy juice for juice and um yeah what a that weekend, was my guys. first opening day man and now it's an opening day i will never forget for Multiple different reasons. Yeah. Wait, you remember it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This was only. This was only. This because was only you guys second, remind me. I mean. Yeah, this was only this my my second opening day, um, for Chicago Cubs baseball. So that was actually that was actually pretty special. I, I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot of fun. But um, I encourage anybody that's listening to this, you know where to find us on Twitter. We tell you all the time. We'll tell you again in this episode. You really want to hear maybe a story or two somebody's willing to share about, you know, that we didn't get to because it was it was fun. I mean, there was a lot of funny like baseball related stuff that happened too that like we actually kind of like reacted to and things like that. Um, but just shoot us a message and, and we'll uh, we'll shoot the shit about we'll fill you in. the Cubs on tap. <laughs> uh, uh, absolute banger of an opening day. But yeah, and then I stayed down there. I got to got to see Seiya Suzuki's first home run. Super sick. I'm not going to lie. Um, got to see Stroh's debut because uh, everybody knows I'm, I'm on the Stroh lunatic. I actually extended my stay two days to see Stroh pitch um, from what I originally booked. Uh, and that's a whole other story in itself that we'll get to later. But And there was a lot of good that, uh, you know, happened Ron. with Cubs baseball. Yes, what happened? I forgot. I forgot. One quick thing. 
I did not get a ticket for leaving my car in the same parking spot for an entire day. It was a two-hour parking thing, and I I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to extend it on the app. Like, come on, dude, we're drinking at ten a.m. till whatever. I forgot completely. Did not get a ticket, and that that I feel felt like deserved a celebration in itself. That is a celebration because that was actually the last thing I said to you uh, before you you walked back to your car to drive back home was. Uh, <laughs> Just let me know if you got a ticket or not. Yeah. Did you get um, towed? Like, let me know if I need. To yeah. I was like, yeah. Let me let me know if something bad happened. But no, that's good to hear. That's that is a big victory. That is a big victory. But uh, but guys, I mean, again, not only was opening day fun from an aspect of us getting to be together and have fun, it was fun from the perspective of the Cubs won. The Cubs won on Saturday too and took two of three from the team that all of us were told was supposed to be the best team in the division, the Milwaukee Brewers. And yes, I get it. It's early. It's the first three games. We're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. But if you told me this Cubs team was going to take two out of the first three against a team that's considered better than them, I would have been like, I don't believe you. Well, I have to believe people now because it happened. The Cubs win on, on Thursday a super close game. We mentioned the Ian Happ go ahead double that would literally sent that place into an absolute frenzy. If that ball's three inches higher, it's a home run in the basket, you know. And then on Saturday, they do it again and absolutely mollywop on Saturday, putting up nine runs on the Brewers and shutting them out between four pitchers. Friend of the program, Justin Steele, absolutely shoves. And then Sunday, you know, hey, even though they lost, they were competitive. They were in that game all the way down to the end. And if you honestly take away Jesse Chavez coming into the game, the Cubs could potentially sweep the three-game set um, pretty much right out the gate if that Chavez inning doesn't happen. So it was a cr- an incredible weekend. But I think a really good place to start was what we mentioned, right, friend of the show, Justin Steele, a uh, guy that I love in, in Marcus Stroman, and the professor shoved on opening day. Starting pitching looked very good. For the Cubs and Joey, I'll start with you because I saw your tweet about just the encouraging signs of the one through three and that you're confident in what this, this Cubs rotation is throwing out as a one through three. Yeah, man, I actually started writing something up for on tap, which hopefully I'll get out tomorrow because I got delayed today and I started doing other things. But because um, there was some some things that I saw and I also went back and fact checked and went to, you know, the stat cast pages and all that. and. Hendricks threw more changeups than any other pitch in his outing, which it was dancing. He was keeping him off balance. It was, he looked like incredible. It was, it was old Hendricks. You know, it wasn't really like the last year Hendricks that we saw with all those hiccups. Um, he looked incredible and he threw more changeups than any other pitch and increased it by a lot from last season, his average from last season. Same thing with Steele. He had some like pitch mix changes which is really encouraging because he kind of – he started throwing his slider more, and he started throwing he, – he was mainly four-seam and slider was like his two main pitches. He kind of stopped throwing as many uh, curveballs. And I want to say sinkers too. I'd have to go back and look at what I wrote down. But, uh, you know, my memory kind of sucks. Um, but he honestly, like both of those guys, man, and Stro, like like Stro will probably tell you his command is wasn't as good as it – he would normally be or like he would normally want to be because I think he walked like three guys in that game. But when you go five innings, two hits, one run allowed or whatever it was, like that's a that's an incredible debut. And like he even said he fed off that energy and like he was a little bit nervous, you know, in, in the early goings of that game. So I'm extremely encouraged by this this starting staff, at least these one through three. 
And uh, let's see, because it looks like Justin Steele has taken that next step. So, and we got to witness a Kyle Hendricks gem, basically. So, I, I love it, man. This 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 starting rotation is coming along. We'll have to see what happens here with Smiley tomorrow, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, outside of that, I mean, one through three, we're looking pretty solid, honestly. Yeah, and, and just for context, right, we said a gem from Hendricks. I mean, for not being fully stretched out to throw 83 pitches, go five and a third, strike out seven. Yeah, that, that's Kyle Hendricks. Dem Juice. I mean, you, you, I, I feel like you're probably feeling the same kind of vibes with this pitching staff right now. Like they have been very strong in these first three games. Yeah, if this is the the performances they're going to get for the rest of the year, then they're going to be right there. You know, coupled with you know some figuring it out in the bullpen that I think that is going to kind of work itself out in April and in May when you're trying to set you know where these guys are going to pitch throughout you know the whole season. I think that. We talked about it early on in the preview show. There are no set assignments in the bullpen for this year. A lot of these guys are earning their rights and, and earning the, but the starting pitching, if you're able to get performances out of steel like that, and Kyle Hendricks is Kyle Hendricks from two years ago, you're going to be a team that is is probably close to punching their wild card spot because pitching and defense wins baseball games. And they're going to do a lot of that around Wrigley Field. And the division is pretty wide open, so you could you could take a look at a lot of those teams that are in there and say, you know, the Cubs could beat a lot of those teams to to stack their record as well. Where you look at the West, or you look at the East, and there aren't a lot of you know gimme games within it. Maybe that's how you make the playoffs. But if you're if you're getting the performances we've gotten the last three, and I could, I'm one of those who watched on Sunday and said, man, the Cubs take the sweep if there's a full spring training because I thought that Marcus Stroman was going to go a little longer than that as well. I thought maybe if he goes one more inning, it kind of set up for their, you know, guys to come in that they felt more comfortable, but they needed to get Chavez work. They didn't have his best stuff, which, Hey, it happens. It's going to happen over a course of 162. There's nothing to fret about whoever had a bad performance in the bullpen right now. It's not an indication of what they're, how they're going to look, you know, four or five months down the road either. So, I, I was really intrigued. I thought that Justin Steele was really fun to watch and, and pounding the strike zone, you know, going high, working the ball high in the strike zone, coming down with that slider. And Marcus Stroman, that kid is, he's elite, man. And he he's the type of guy that when you take, he takes the mound, it's must-see television. He is that exciting as a pitcher. And I'm intrigued. I, I really am because, you know, we talked about Smiley and we talked about, you know, the back half with Mills and with some other guys that maybe you're going to step up. But if you get a good season out of Wade Miley and he's your fourth and you're getting this, you have a chance to win every four straight days in a row. You have a chance to win. And on that fifth day, just pray to God the bats come out or pray to God one of these guys steps up for you. And if that's the case, the Cubs are going to be in a good, a good position. And for that, I think that it's interesting how they've kind of coupled this team together and they're still moving forward where there's a lot of great things we saw over the weekend in the minor leagues as well with the starting pitching. But if you want to exactly look at the bullpen or at the starting pitching, the big league level, you can't ask for three better starts than we saw this week. All of them gave them a chance to win. 
Absolutely. And that's that's what's been super encouraging, right? Like, I agree with you guys on the bullpen. Um, guys I was actually very impressed with, though, in the bullpen, I think that are at least worth mentioning, are uh, David Robertson and Michael Gibbons. I think they both looked very good. Um, I, I, I actually like kind of what the Cubs have there in those two guys. And, you know, at points, they're probably going to struggle. It's inevitable. But so far, so good. And they're probably the ones that I would say I have the most faith in after just three games, obviously. But um, And that's something Ross is going to have to deal with, too, there. But yeah, three really good starts in a row, guys. Like Hendricks looked really good on opening day. He looked like the, the Hendricks of old. Like you said, that changeup was absolutely filthy against those Milwaukee hitters. Justin Steele looked very good. And I know there's there's some people that are really understanding of, of, of pitch location and things. And plus, when you're watching on TV, you can kind of see, you know, did he hit his spot? Did he miss his spot? Things like that. You know, he got away with some stuff maybe, but overall still incredibly good. And then, yeah, Stroh looked good. I mean, really the only mistake he made was the bomb from Adamas. Other than that, he was electric. The defense, can we talk about that sick play he got to double him up? Oh, oh, there's oh, a yeah, reason the kid's nice. a gold glover. There's a reason he's a gold glover. Like, that's why. And, I mean, if you're getting that out of these first three and you start to find that four – Again, maybe it's a guy that we talked about a lot in Killian later in the season, but at least if Smiley and Miley can get you there once Miley gets healthy. So in the meantime, we get to see Smiley. Sorry, I can't help myself. It feels like a bad Dr. Seuss book, but, you know. Because it is. It is. But, <laughs> but like you said, Juice, like if you get a, at least a quality, decent start out of a guy like Smiley on Tuesday or tomorrow in this case or today, if you're listening. Don't Tuesday, do it again. Don't do it again. No, uh, no, no, I won't. <laughs> but like, there, this team is at least going to be competitive every four days, and maybe every five if they do start to figure out that fifth starter situation. This starting rotation is at least going to give you a chance to win every day, like you said, Jason. And I think that's been been fantastic. But guys, I, I feel like we got to talk about the new guy first, right? The shiny new toy, Seiya Suzuki. I know it's three games. I don't want to get entirely ahead of myself, but he at least looks like he is the real deal. To me, I think the most elite part of his game is just his understanding of the strike zone. Thoughts? Chase rate, man. I think his chase rate, I want to say swinging outside of the zone is like tops in MLB right now. Like I, I want to say I saw a stat on Twitter that said that, that somebody had a, a graph that they or a chart that they made and uh, downloaded on CSV, whatever details you want to use. But uh I believe he was the first in chase rate with like fewest chases right now as a rookie in MLB coming over from Japan, like this dude and that thing, uh, you were in attendance for it an absolute tank. Moose like shot. we're talking this, the wind, I, I mean, the wind was wind blowing kind of in, right? No, actually on Sunday, the wind was blowing out to left. Oh, was. Okay. Yes. But he, nope. He didn't need the wind. Oh, no. I can no. promise you that right now. He did not need the wind. The way he reacted, man, was like, this thing's gone as soon as I hit it. And everybody, you could hear the noise is just like, this dude has some crazy pop, some great plate discipline and patience at the plate, which is super impressive for base for a rookie. I mean, he is still a rookie. People probably don't even look at him as really a rookie because of how long he's been playing, but that's what he is. He's still, I mean, this is, it's super impressive, man. And we saw him come up clutch too with another RBI single, I believe in the series. So I, I love what I what I'm seeing. Great right field so far. He's playing the sun pretty well already. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it, man. Say, say it looks like a real dude in this league. Yeah. And, and juice. I mean, 
we we saw it on opening day, right? Like he got three RBIs on opening day. He just did it in a very different way, right? And that's kind of what we kept all saying, right? This team feels so different. But they have a guy that can produce runs now, but he can do it through the sack fly, through, you know, you know, just a, a poke of an RBI single. Like he can make those kind of things happen. A lot of that is because of that eye he has for the zone, knowing when he can chase pitches and when he shouldn't chase pitches. And the dude just takes walks and he works full counts almost all the time. I think even the, if I remember correctly, even the, I might, I might be wrong on this, but like, I'm pretty sure even the one strikeout he took looking on Sunday, he still, I think took like five pitches, maybe six. So like he's working deep at bats too. They're tiring these pitchers out. They tired out Milwaukee's top two starters on on Thursday and Saturday, and that that is really hard and really impressive. Um, and and Juice, I mean, come on, I, I we you guys got me all hyped up about Seiya. So you you got to be riding the good flows train right now too. Am I right? Yeah, I think when you when you look at him and he's a professional hitter, you know that's that's the type of guy that's kind of been you know, missing from this lineup for so long, right? The guy who works the strike zone, takes his walks, puts the bat on the ball, has power to all the fields too. We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to see. And I think one of the most underrated things that we saw this weekend, the ability that he has to play right field. Yeah. The ball or the wind and everything was different every day that they played. Blowing out to center, blowing out to left, blowing in. And he didn't hurt them. And if he's able to do that in his first three and get better and better and better, you're looking at a guy in right field that you were hoping you were getting with Jason Hayward when you paid him that much money. You know, you're getting a guy who's decent defensively, who puts the bat on the ball as a mainstay of your lineup. The biggest thing with the Cubs for the next couple of years is to stack three and four win players, guys that you could put in that lineup and say, he's worth four wins, he's worth three wins, he's worth mm-hmm. five. And if they're able to do this with the first piece of this, that is Seiya Suzuki, and if he's a three or four or five win player, then man, you you should really open up your eyes because the Cubs are they're looking to if he ends up being like a six or a five or a seven hit, even a seven hitter when these guys are all up here and, and ready, and you're pairing him with Brendan Davis, maybe an Owen Casey in a while, you know, down the line you should be excited because he's taking these steps so quickly it only shores up one position that they're not going to have to spend any more in free agency. He's your right fielder or he's your left fielder, wherever you feel like you need him to play. And if he's a three, four, five win guy who's taking his walks, putting the bat on the ball, giving you professional at bats, then his contract is so undervalued. It's Mm -hmm. one of those that you'll look at as not a, not a sore. One of those guys that you, you went out and you spent a lot of money on, you look at it as, man, we're getting one hell of a bargain. And as I look at this Cubs team, it seems like that's the route that Jed Hoyer is going. And so far, it's early on in the year. Let's not jump to conclusions. But everything seems to be hitting Jed so far. There's a lot of good things that happened in that first series where you, you redid the lineup. They put the bat on the ball. They made pitchers work. It was beautiful to watch. And who was at the brain trust of all that? Mr. Jed Hoyer. So tip of the cap for the first series, getting through that. Now – Let's go 160 or 159 more games of that. And then we can, we'll, we'll look up at the end of it. And hopefully the Cubs are, you know, in a playoff spot if that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and juice to your point about the contract, right? 17 million, I believe, a year for the five years for a guy like that. 
is is an insane bargain. I mean, that type of guy, pretty much anywhere else, or at, if he's in America, you know, playing for his first couple of years and he gets that big contract on the market, that's probably a five for what? Even in today's market, where guys, piece, at least, yeah, probably. like where guys maybe aren't getting like humongous money, but because of his age too, only being twenty-seven, he would probably have gotten more than Castellanos and Schwarber, potentially. You know what I mean? Like, had he produced the numbers he did in Japan? Oh, here, definitely, he's getting more. I mean, he's 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 a, he is a value signing for this Cubs team right now. If he continues to produce at this clip at 17, 17 million a year, Joey, you had something to say, and I'll I want you to, to share it before we go ahead and move on to another topic that was actually very huge from this weekend as well. Yeah, no, I mean, just like following what Juice said, basically about you know Jed putting this roster together. This we saw these different lineups thrown out there, and like you know the way that they strung hits together. I think was pretty cool to me to see. And, you know, it just felt like when they got guys on, on the base paths on the bases, they were following through. Like it wasn't just like get them on the bases and like, we're going to have an inning stall out. How many times do we see these innings stall out? Like maybe juice might've brought this up too, but like, I just feel like they're getting ducks on the pond and they're, they're cashing in. Like when Woodruff was having issues with control, especially too, in that, even in that second game, you could tell, like, watching that game, I'm like, they need to cash in on this now. Hit him as soon as he's, like, while he's going through these struggles, first inning or two, and Saya obviously put him up. Uh, I believe was there was that the Stroman game, actually. I think that might have been they, the uh, – Saya's homer was the Stroman game. That was the Stroman game, yeah. So, I, I'm forgetting – uh, But they jumped. But he, they jumped heavy they on jumped. Woodruff, though, on Saturday. They and they early. produced. They yeah. produced small ball for that. I mean, they had a couple walks, a couple sack flies, and that's how they scored their runs in that inning. So, you're right. Yeah. That's It's a totally different thing. How many times have we watched this team in the past? And Javi Baez comes up in that situation with two on and one out, and that's a strikeout. And yeah. yeah, I love Javi Baez. Don't get me wrong. He's great. But for one, one for every one time he parked it on Waveland, it, there were 10 other times that he struck out in the time where he needed to put the bat on the ball. And that's the switch. And that's exactly what Jed Hoyer wanted to pivot away from when Theo left. And it's great that it's a feather in his cap for the beginning of the year. But, hey, three games, small sample size. Let's, uh, let's pump our brakes and hope that this continues. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And guys, we, we talk about some of these value players, right? And again, we talk about the this Cubs team being built in the model of the Giants. You know, the, the Giants got unexpected production from a lot of guys, right? They got a, the bounce backs they were praying for from all their big guns. And then they got some sneaky, surprising seasons from some other guys. Ian Happ right now, I know it's only been two games that he's seen action because he took a pitch right in the leg on Saturday and, and brought us rightfully gave him the day off on, on Sunday. But Ian Happ looks like a game changer right now in the middle of that lineup, not necessarily from the power stroke, right? He, he doesn't have to be the, the 30, 35 home run guy. I mean, I think that's going to come too. maybe not 30, but at 25, I 20, think well, I mean, he's, he's, he's hovered around 25 in his career yeah. before in less games. And if he's playing almost every day, because right now Ian Happ looks like, a cornerstone of the, at least this 2022 team, you know, and he's really trying to earn a, a spot as a part of the future with this Cubs team, because he had an incredible weekend. Obviously the, the go ahead double on, on Thursday to get them the win was a huge hit again, should have been a home run and the wind was completely blowing into, which is worth mentioning. It was pretty much straight in from center field, you know, 
there was a lot to be encouraged with with Ian Happ, and I, I want to know what your guys' thoughts were. I know we shared a little bit of them, you know, on Thursday when we were obviously all together, but now over the whole course of the weekend, like his importance, because like you could also argue on Sunday too, you kind of almost missed him in the lineup. Yeah, I think I think honestly, you know, when you look at Ian Happ's kind of rise, he had a great second half of the season last year. So there are a lot of people who could look at this and say, you know, he's just continuing what he did in the back half of the year. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong to think, and this is a question for all of you, if if you're going to get this thing and happen, this say a Suzuki, I so badly want Brennan Davis on this team now. Yes, it, yeah. It's almost like you start to look at that center field as, man, like put them all out there. Because if this is going to be the immediate kind of future of saying right, Brennan maybe in center and, and happen left, maybe – maybe putting them up there and giving them as many reps as they can and maybe win more ball games because you have Brennan Davis up on this, this squad as well. I just feel like if you're going to continue to get this performance out of Ian Happ, that's another three, win player that you've just put out there that I was just talking about a second ago. Mm-hmm. And if you could put another Brennan Davis where he's maybe a three, one, three to four, win player, man, that outfield looks great. I mean, imagine, imagine if say Suzuki is between three and four, Brennan Davis between three and four, Ian Happ, three to four win player a year. Man, you're just, you've got a, one hell of an outfield at that point. You've got a lot of, to figure out on the infield, but pair it with the starting pitching, the division's crap, guys. You know, it's bad. And I'm glad you say that, Juice, because a uh, friend of on tap Sportsnet, Mr. P. Bodes, Pat Bodeway, uh, he says, in that division, it's not impossible for the Cubs to make the playoffs. And I think that's all how we kind of feel right now after seeing Milwaukee, where you can tell they rely on that pitching. Yes, they got some offense finally on Sunday. And they're going to have their times. They're not an egregious offensive team, but they're not an elite offensive team either. And I think we're starting to see that, even though it's early, but – the pitching is one of the most important parts for Milwaukee. And if it's not firing on, on full go cylinders every single day, this division is very not maybe necessarily winnable, but at least bad enough to where the Cubs can make some noise. And again, it's a larger pool, you know, postseason pool now. Like who's to say they don't have a chance at sneaking in and at least making enough noise to kind of put people on notice. Joey, I, I want to hear from you too a little more about Ian Happ and just kind of the role he's played this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been, like, known as the Ian Happ truther guy, I guess, like, on Twitter. I don't know why, but it's, like, last year I was hyping him up, hyping him up all preseason before the year. And then when he was going through struggles, I kept looking at the underlying metrics. And I'm like, this guy is doing better than he actually is on the field. Like, the results are not there, but he's hitting better than what he is actually showing. And... So, I mean, just seeing his production here early on in the season, I'm super thrilled by it. And, like, to Juice and your point, the only thing is, like, when, when it comes to, like, Brennan Davis and stuff, I don't want to speed up the timeline, like, of his development. I, I would – I want him up here as soon as he's ready. Like, and I, I think he's right there. Like, I don't think he's far away at all. I could see him tearing it up for another two weeks and then just being like, hey, get up here like and I would love that because you talk about it with happen with with say that outfield like the, the corner spots in the outfield if this is the the real Ian Happ like would the real Ian Happ please stand up if this is the real Ian Happ and we are going to get this over the course of a full season 
hopefully this injury or whatever, like it's, you know, the MRI came back negative or whatever, but hopefully that's not like a huge setback and he's not like shaking in the box or something. He doesn't strike me as like somebody that would really affect mentally or anything like that. But we see it sometimes from players who, when they get hit and it's a major like wake up call that they sometimes react funny. Usually it's like a hit to the head more than anything, but um, with Ian Happ, I mean, he's the guy that, he can make your offense go. He can carry your offense for weeks at a time when he's in these hot stretches and these heaters. If we're ca- if we're catching a heater early on the season, guys, we could get off to a real hot start here. We could be looking at like a 20 and 8 record and nobody really thinks of the Cubs as like a 20 and 8 start. If that's po- like that would be a big reason why it would be a guy like Ian Happ making this offense go and I'm excited because he is one of those guys that has pretty good play discipline. If we're being honest, like he'll take his walks. He'll, it's just, can he click with the power? Can he not ground out? Like I, I am encouraged by this start for me and happen. I don't, know, maybe like maybe he is a 30 home run. I, I've always thought he could hit 30 home runs in the season. Like we could see that this year. Cause like you said, that ball was probably going out the one that he hit. Yeah. I mean, on, on any, decent day at Wrigley where the wind's not whipping in, you know, it, it's absolutely out of the ballpark. I mean, again, it missed by like three inches. It hit like the oh, highest yeah. part of the wall it could without actually hitting some part of the basket. I mean, he did not miss by much. I think most people thought it was getting out when he initially hit it. I mean, it was definitely the hardest hit ball of the day um, outside of maybe Nico's just blind shot out of the ballpark. But can we talk about Nico though for a second? Yeah. I, Nico's really impressed me at the plate. I know he's like only hitting 182 or something, but I've also been looking at like his hard hit balls. He's leading the Cubs in most hard hit balls so far. And that's yeah, he's he's smoking the ball. I was gonna say that's a good observation because I noticed that too. Like even on Sunday and even Saturday, he he was hitting them, you know, at guys, but they were piss missiles off the bat. Yeah, he's getting a little bit unlucky and like you know, maybe he wouldn't be leading the team in hard hit balls if like Wilson was in the lineup the other day, Schwindel, uh, Hap. You know, like those guys were kind of in the running there for like leading the team. But you're talking about six really hard hit balls because categorized it's 95 mile per hour or, or better for like an actual hard hit ball, like what they qualify for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like some serious juice off the bat of a Nico Horner who guys think is not a power hitter. Like, dude hit a home run at the game that we went to. And that thing was a laser. Like, it wasn't like one of these high-arching home runs. He's not going to do that. But if he's hitting lasers like that, those scrapers against the off the wall, over the wall, like, Horner put on some muscle. He was one of those guys like you talked about with uh, Brennan Davis with the shakes. I mean, Horner put on – he had some shakes before last season started, mm-hmm. and then he had the injuries. So it's like I think a 15-home run season is not is actually not crazy from Nico Horner. God, that would be sweet. That's a hot take, but that's a spicy take. And I like it's a hot takes. No, but well, I like spicy takes because I agree. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's hitting it hard enough. And even if he continues to hit it hard and some of these things start to find the gaps, that's where he's going to make the biggest difference, right? Because he's kind of just had the yeah. problem. He's hitting it at guys right now. It, you know, and that's sometimes just is luck. I mean, that's. And sometimes maybe a minor tweak here and there to improve the launch angle, too. Yeah. Like, just get under the ball a little bit more because you want those line drives. You want those line drive hitters like him and like Madrigal. But with a Madrigal, maybe he doesn't need to hit 300. He can hit 275, and I'll take an extra 10 home runs from him. Yeah, 
Maybe I, I completely agree. I think I think Warner's an interesting player. There's a lot of guys right now that like you kind of sit here and you say like, Ooh, hmm, like there there's a chance here. I mean, I feel kind of like we're we're seeing that Alfonso Rivas might be kind of fun off the bench. I mean, he he didn't look bad on on Sunday by any means. What Jan Gomes? Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes. Yeah. Jan Gomes almost parked one. He's and stroke it, I think if the wind was blowing directly out like it typically is in the middle of the summer, that one that was a deep fly out to the warning track might have gotten out on like a, a normal-ish day. Because it got knocked down a little bit by the wind because it was pretty high. But it 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 looked good immediately off the bat. So, I mean, there's, there's so many guys on this team right now that are exciting to watch and are certainly guys that we're going to continue to keep an eye on. And, and we're going to get to do that. Um, but a little bit of news as well. Uh, something that we can, we can chat about here. So again, I got to be at the game. It was kind of cool to see benches clear, but, um, Keegan Thompson finally, cause the Brewers continue to hit the Cubs. It was three times on Saturday, including the one that took half out of the game. And you hit, you hit Willie twice again. I think Willie is the new Rizzo in terms of being hit by pitches. And this time it's just by the Milwaukee Brewers, but you know, they hit him hit three Cubs. Keegan Thompson throws inside on McCutcheon, gets him on the second pitch. McCutcheon starts talking shit. Hayward comes flying in from center field. I, I I do love that. I know we're, you know, I know there's a lot of people calling for him to be DFA'd, but son of a bitch, that leadership, that leadership means something with a young team that's kind of on the rise. And they're they're gonna try and find a way to make it work with him. And I mean, he didn't look atrocious from the weekend. Sunday he didn't look great, but the first two days he looked nice. Good enough to for me, at least me to at least be happy right now. But Keegan Thompson suspended for three games. Um, David Ross automatically just by association gets suspended for one. He will serve his tomorrow on Tuesday when they're at the Pirates for game one. Just get out of the way. It makes the most sense. I think Keegan should do the same with two of those games coming against Pittsburgh. Uh, and you got one against Colorado. So, yeah, Colorado's a better team. But, you know, you could probably get away with them for for one, one less game – or one more game, pardon me. Like, there is – there, there, there is a, a very interesting chance here that he appeals. Truthfully, I feel like he, he just by definition will, as he should. But though I'd say he just take it now, nonetheless. So those guys are gone. Uh, you know, what are your guys' thoughts? Just quickly, uh, again, this is just more news, letting people know what's going on. Um, what do you guys think in terms of what what they have right now with this situation? Yeah, man, what a clown move by old man McCrutchen. Like, dude, like, know your role, dude. Like, I mean, honestly, man, like, you got to know the history between these two teams. You get hit once, and I get it. Like, he's probably upset that the first pitch comes in, Keegan doesn't hit him, second pitch he finally gets him, whatever. But, dude, it's so ridiculous. He hit him on the butt, too. Like. So ridiculous. Like, especially with how many Cubs were hit in the series, how many Cubs have been hit over the course of, you know, since, what, 2020? Was it 27 or something like that? Cubs have been hit since it's ridiculous. And Wilson Contreras in particular, like there comes a point where I, I know this, the scouting report is bust him in, but then there's a point like, all right, we'll do a better job of not hitting me. You know what I mean? That's, that's the other half too. But I don't know. I, the only thing I had to, to look at that, I was like, there is no reason for Andrew McCutcheon, especially that old fuck <laughs> to be that upset about it. Like, dude, I mean, honestly, man, like it was coming, right? It, you had to know. Just take it, take your base, and you know, there's no reason for benches to 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 empty for anything like that. It's expected. I mean, that's exactly what you know 
a team is going to do when you've hit that many over the course of a couple of years and throughout the course of the series. So, I mean, it, it, honestly, man, I was a little upset. It wasn't Yelich or somebody, it was McCutcheon. You know what yeah. I mean? It, I thought it should have been Yelich. You know, yeah. if you're going to hit, yeah. if you're going to hit our guy, we're going to hit yours. You know, that's, I thought that was more even. Yeah. And Yelich eventually got hit this weekend. He got hit by a slider in the foot. So yeah, uh, he, not trying to hit him there though. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. No, no, was no, like, I, I want a I fastball know. right to the back for Keegan, for the guy we, uh, Keegan was, Keegan was, Keegan was purposely throwing inside and, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation that just it's it's I think it's the it's so annoying just from the standpoints, just the Brewers that this happens with, you know, nobody else is doing it. It's just with the freaking Brewers. And that's, I think, what really makes it just such a pain in the ass of a situation. But 25 percent of Contreras hit by pitches against from the Brewers. Yeah. And 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 you even look at the stat where the Brewers have hit like what 29 Cubs in like the last like two or three seasons. And it's the most in the majors for like one team against a certain team. It's clearly there. I, I, you know, I get the whole Wilson. We we have a comment here. You know, Wilson hangs over the plate. He does, but he, but, he, but again, he off though, like when he got and, hit in that last one yeah, and Rizzo, off this year and, and Rizzo used to crowd the plate. You know what I mean? Like Rizzo did it on purpose. Rizzo's like, hit me. Like, I want you to hit me. I want to get on base. Like, Throw inside on me, I dare you. So uh, yeah. it's certainly, you know, it, it is what it is, is that situation. But gentlemen, I, I do want to start to look forward a little bit, right? I'm glad the Brewers are gone. I'm, I'm a little just already sick of this freaking team as it is. I hate them. I might hate the Brewers more than I hate the Cardinals. And oh, it's no. a very long story as to why. But I <laughs> I hate Milwaukee. Like, they, they just, they piss me off. They know how to grind my gears, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and they really just irritate the shit out of me. But. Uh, the Cubs are back in action on Tuesday. It'll be April 12th. Um, they will be in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's just a two-game set against the old Buckos. Uh, it is a 4-12 Eastern Daylight Time start, which is funny because it is the date 4-12. So, haha, nice job, Pittsburgh. I actually enjoy that. Um, and the Cubs will be back then on uh, at 11.35 local time on Wednesday. So, that's a really early game. Uh, with it being a travel day for the Cubs before they head out to Colorado. Pitching matchup for tomorrow is Drew Smiley. We'll get his first look, um, and they'll uh, they'll actually go back to Hendricks then at the top of the rotation on Wednesday. But So Smiley gets his first look actually in a Cubs uniform, even though it's his second stint with the team. Never pitched the first time because he was recovering from injury. Uh, so we actually get to really see Smiley be a part of this team this time around. Um, and they'll be going against old friend Mr. Jose Quintana. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, gentlemen, I want to hear what your thoughts are on the game one of the Bucco series starting here on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm actually – I was looking at something real fast. but uh, <laughs> So, spacing out. But, uh, no, I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's the Pirates, and nobody really wants – like is going to get up for this series between these two teams. Like, you're not going to have outside uh, – unless you're really into fantasy baseball, you're not going to be interested in this game if you're not a Cubs fan or a Pirates fan. But uh, I think this is uh, – you take advantage of a team like this, time. You know, I know Smiley's going to get the bump in that first game, and we're going to face Quintana, like you said, old friend. Uh, but this is the type of game that you can – or series, little mini two-game series. Take advantage of it. Clean them up. Like, right away, just take care of business. Start out four and one. I mean, that looks real good. Even if you split, I don't really think it's terrible because you're still have a winning record at that point. But I would like to see them take advantage of this 
against a team that, I mean, let's face it, like that team is it. They're in w- way worse shape than we are. So you take care of business, and and then you uh, then you move on from there. Yeah, it's a great point by Joey Cheese over there. You took two out of three from the team that you is projected to win your division. Don't give it back by losing to these guys. That's how I look at this. If the Cubs make the playoffs this year, it'll be because teams like the Pirates and the Reds, and they should be sending them fruit baskets for every single win that they let them have this year because they're free, and the teams that take advantage of that are the ones that don't have to beat the good teams as often. You know, that's at the end of the day, we'll look up and we'll go, man, the Cubs didn't make the playoffs because maybe they didn't beat the Reds like they should have, or maybe they didn't beat the Pirates like they should have. And that's a problem. That's why I think as a player, it's so hard to focus on these because it's like you go in there with the expectation that you should win, regardless of who's on the mound for them. And to sit there and to flip the switch of, hey, I just played my division rival, the team that's probably going to win the division in front of my home crowd. A lot of new faces, Wrigley going wild to, man, now I'm in PNC. Maybe there's a thousand people in the stands and it's a last place ball club. That's when your manager comes in and goes, hey, you got to get these guys ready. Got to get them ready to play because much like, you know, the Bulls and, you know, the I'm going to say the Bears too, they're not good enough to not play a full game. The Cubs are the type of team that have to play from inning one to inning nine to win every day. So everybody be ready to go. And when you when your name is called, you come in and you shut it down. But when you're, you're called to go get a hit or move a runner over, you do it. Because these are the games where the first three innings matter. If you go out there and you don't take advantage of a bad, you know, starting pitching staff and you're not up for nothing and they hang around, hang around, hang around, it's just more and more momentum that in the ninth inning, you look up and you're in a nail biter. And that's not exactly what these games are supposed to be. I don't care. We haven't seen, you know, Smiley yet. Let's let's get him out there. Shut down innings. Early lead. Hey, and the Cubs two wins. And even you know, you looked at Sunday. They've been getting early leads. That's huge. That allows David Ross to set the bullpen. Let's do that again. These two games, take them both. You split. That's that's a lost series in my book. Take them both. Yeah, especially this early on, right? Like, if it was a three-game series, you're hoping for a series win at minimum. But, like, yeah, I think in a two-game set, especially early on where, they're, you know, the Pirates are kind of beat up too. A lot of teams are beat up early in the season to start. You take advantage of these games. Get the two wins quickly because then you got to go out to mile high for four games uh, to round out the weekend starting on Thursday against old friend Chris Bryant and company, which they look like a new team. You know, the, they, they played the Dodgers hard all weekend and – you know, they're, they're not a team that the Cubs can just walk over right now. Like, they're, like you said, Juice, they're going to have to play full games. So absolutely want to take them. And you, you hope you get Hendricks from opening day again on, on Wednesday, right? Like looking at this from an entire series standpoint, you know, if Hendricks comes out and pitches well again on Wednesday, like there's a, there's a good chance that the Cubs take both games very easily. Cause Smiley looked good in spring training, maybe not great, but good. I think he goes the least amount of innings of any of the Cubs pitchers from the weekend. You might only get four and change out of him. Um, in Tuesday's game, so the bullpen might be a little more important. Maybe you know we're maybe we're going to see some guys that we haven't seen a ton of just yet. Um, you know maybe we see another big inning from a guy like Scott Afros, who we only saw for one out on opening day. Probably see some Michael Rucker. You know, yeah, maybe we like see. That. Yeah, exactly, a guy like Michael Rucker. Maybe we see Ethan Roberts again. I feel like this is a perfect series for Ethan Roberts. Like those are going to be the guys that we we hopefully see, and hopefully they step up and get it done. 
get these two wins, be four and one going into that Colorado series. Cause let's be honest for, you know, being the first time of the season up in mile high, obviously I would love them to win the series, but like, I would be incredibly happy with a split after that one. So go in two games in Pittsburgh, do what you got to do and take care of business. And guys, I want to turn it over to you. Um, we used to do this last year, right? We've done this for so many years. Um, but we're looking at a, maybe just from more of a series standpoint now, uh, especially in a two-game series. Who is your fly the W pick as your most you know kind of important guy for this Cubs team over the next two days to get two wins against the Pittsburgh Pirates? Juice, I would like to hear from you to start, my friend. I'm going to go with Nico Horner. I think that that's the perfect ballpark to where he's hitting it hard to find some gaps. You know, get out there, get some extra bases. Maybe a couple triples because that that park is deep in the in the alleys. It'd be a good thing to see you know him getting out there into the alley and and, and legging in a triple. Um, I think that he's going to play a big role uh, in this series, but it's always starting pitching, right? I mean, get good starting pitching, score early. That's the Cubs kind of recipe for the year: score early, score often, play from ahead. Because when you don't have the power bats like the Cubs don't. You're going to have to score early, often, and be pesky. You know, it's kind of cool to be a Cub fan this year because it's like you look up and down their lineup, and, yeah, they got Suzuki, you got Hat, but, like, the rest of them are, like, they're put the bat on the ball. like They're scrappy. Scrappy outs, you know, like guys that pitchers, you know, you look at the lineup, you're like, yeah, but they're going to foul off five pitches before they get you out, you know, and then yeah. you're looking up in the fourth inning and you're at, 89 pitches and you're like how the hell did that happen you know or you're in a couple jams or they take a couple you know walks that maybe a guy who's more of a free swing power hit free swinging power hitter you know maybe he's the type of guy that chases one of those but that's the kind of baseball the cubs got to play this year and just play the same baseball they played over the span of the three days at home because mm-hmm. if you do that they should handle the pirates pretty easily but i'll take nico horner as my series pick um I just can't go away from the fact that the if he's going to keep putting the bat on the ball with the exit velocity is, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, absolutely. Joey, what do you got? Well, I love that call. You know, we were talking about Horner earlier, and Juice makes a lot of great points about the alleys there in Pittsburgh and how deep the park is. I was between him or Seiya Suzuki. I'm going to just go ahead and take Seiya because I feel like why not? Ride this little momentum that he has. He's coming off the game where he hit a – freaking tank uh if there's anybody that can park it in any ballpark in the majors with regularity it's probably a guy that has power like say a suzuki so if you got nico banging it around the yard in the gaps let's take say for this fly the w pick to uh maybe hit another bomb in one of these games yeah i'd love to see him park on opposite field in the river somehow i think that would absolutely be poetic um real quick point comes up from our buddy scott crawford here in the comments for these next two games, they need to find that shutdown long any reliever that will give you three. And I agree. And I think Keenan, yeah. Keegan Thompson eventually becomes that guy, uh, at least of the healthy team right now. I think this is a chance where Adbert Alzale is really missing out. Um, but I agree. Maybe maybe wow. Rucker can be a guy that helps in that. I ultimately think it's Thompson, but they're going to need maybe that guy, especially with Smiley, because I think he's going to need to be still kind of you know loosened up a little more. I think – so another guy that we could look at and see that happen to or become that guy as well. I think you're right. Keegan is like the main guy that that'll be for the majority of the season. He's really excelled in that role. Um, he really from like last season too. He was really good in that role. But uh, the guy that struggled Sunday, 
I mean, I know he struggled Sunday, but he showed that he's pretty damn good in that role, and he was actually really good this spring training, Jesse Chavez. And, you know, Juice kind of touched on it. You guys talked about how we can't really take one game and be like, hey, this guy's going to suck for the rest of the season or whatever. I I don't see that from him. He's he's a veteran. He he knows how to pitch in the bigs. He's had success here in the past, and I think that he can be somebody that – and maybe Daniel Norris is that other guy, but he's right now I think he's the only lefty in the bullpen. So it makes it really tough for him to be a long man because you never know what situationally when you're going to need him. So – Right. I would ideally, I'd like to see him get another lefty in the pen, though. So I don't know what your guys' thoughts about that are, but I I think there's really not that many lefties in the pen. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna have to find them, and I think a lot of that's just gonna come with health of the roster too, right? And maybe some of these guys that develop yeah. in AAA, or you know, some of these guys that they brought in for depth that you know are hanging out with you know the Iowa Cubs right now that might come up at some point. It's gonna be a rotation, and they're they're gonna have to find those guys. That's kind of Ross's what he's gonna have to do. I know we talked about that a little bit on Thursday in the Bleachers together. Was hey. You know, they're Ross is just trying to experiment at this point and figure out who kind of fits in in, in what places. Um, so it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens. But uh, guys, to, to round out the fly the W picks, I'm glad neither one of you said him because Ian Happ likes to rake in his hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Like that's a guy that I want to see continue this momentum from these first, you know, really two games for him because he didn't play at all on Sunday, precautionary reasons. You know, it sounds like his knee's going to be okay, and the off day certainly helps. I hope he comes out. Maybe you play him as a DH one of the two days just to give that knee another break. I want to see Ian Happ come out and just rake in Pittsburgh because that dude always rake. He rakes in Pittsburgh like Schwarber used to rake in Cincinnati. Like that's just – it's that type of level of production from Ian Happ in his hometown. So I'm going to go ahead and say Ian Happ is my fly the W pick. Absolutely agree, Juice. Starting pitching is, is going to be the real key, I think, for this Cubs team all season long. But uh, feed, me, feed me another, you know, dynamic, you know, two-game set of, of, of Seah and, and, you know – and Ian and you, you know, kind of muster and Nico and who knows we could be, you know, really celebrating and talking about a good two game series win. Uh, but gentlemen, before we finish up and, and turn it over for any quick final thoughts to you guys, I want to remind everybody that Cubs on tap is the official Cubs podcast of the on tap sports network. You can go check out all of our great work over at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media. You can follow the pod-specific accounts on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Cubbies, C-U-B-B-I-E-S, on tap. Uh, I am at Loose on tap on Twitter. Joey is at Joey Knows Nothing because the I-N helps stand for win, baby. And uh, Juice is at Juice on tap. You can also follow at Joe on tap and all the other great Cubs contributors for Cubs on tap. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, we got it all. The Bulls guys just wrapped up uh, their season show tonight. Be sure to go check that out. Uh, Buzz and Goose always do a great job on the microphone talking about the basketball team here in Chicago and Cubs fans. Yes, we all have friends that are White Sox fans. Go ahead and send them to our Sox on Tap guys as well because uh, they do a great job covering the Southsiders. And Joey, you are a huge part of On Tap Bets. Make sure everybody goes checks that out. You're on a heater too with your pick of the days. And on that same note, uh, you know, if you're new to the betting world and you want to win money, go bet with our friends over at Bet Rivers. If you use promo code ONTAP, they will match your deposit up, first deposit that is, up to $250. So you deposit $250, they'll give you a free $250 to go and make a bunch of money with. And if you keep tailing Joey, you're going to win a lot of money because he is on an absolute heater right now with his picks of the day. That and so much more all over at www.ontapsportsnet.com, at ONTAP Sportsnet on social media, the ONTAP Sports Network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Whew. 
That felt like a good one. That was the first one of the regular season, boys. That was was a good that opening smooth, day. Ron. Hey, it felt good. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to make them as smooth as possible. Some days are harder than others, but that one felt very good. So, gentlemen, I do want to quickly turn it over to you before we wrap up the show. Um, a little longer, obviously, hitting the hour mark here uh, because it's a you know covering three games from a full weekend. Uh, so, Joey, I'll hear from you first. Any final thoughts before we say goodnight to all of our listeners? A few, I guess. So the game was excellent. I had so much fun with you guys. Uh, met some of the best people in the world out there in Wrigleyville. You know, with your buddies there too, Joe and Kyle, and then you, Juice and Ron, and then you know my Thai guy, a few of these other guys too. And you know, it was just a great time. So I, the first opening day I ever been to. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but. Uh, just incredible to get a victory at the first one I ever been to, and uh, the the lady is still taking selfies with my debit card, and uh, <laughs> Christian Yelich's birthday still sucks, and yeah, go Cubs, go! I mean, nothing else to add there. I, I, great show, Juice. What's up, boy? What you got for your final I'm, thoughts? I'm I know they're always loaded. I mirror all those things that Joey just said. It was a fun time in the bleachers with y'all, and. Good to see anybody who came up to the bleachers. And there are a few who came up to us and was like, yeah, I, I listen to your guys' stuff. And that was – we appreciate that. Um, but let me just say uh, there were storms rolling through St. Louis all this week. Um, so thank God um, for that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope they're terrible and that the park gets swept up uh, in some type of uh, godlike arc rain and Bush Stadium is no more. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, my Cardinals suck motto for the week. There, there's not a lot of St. Louis news. I was looking before you, you called on me because I was curious of what was going on in that shithole. And uh, it seems to be nothing except for, you know, severe thunderstorms. And uh, let's hope that Bush Stadium is no longer around after all of them. <laughs> traditional, yeah, traditional and and just always epic juice hate for the St. Louis Cardinals. Gentlemen, I absolutely agree. What a weekend it was. What a game it was on Thursday with you guys. What baseball it was from the Cubs. They were a lot of fun to watch for all three games of the weekend, and we're hoping that they continue that pace through the month of April and ultimately through the marathon that is the full season. Uh, from Joey Ricotta, from Juice on Tap, Loose on Tap, Juice on Tap, and Loose on Tap, from all three of us. We thank you for listening. This has been Cubs on Tap opening weekend. We'll be back after the Pittsburgh Pirates series on Wednesday, and we'll get you cooked up and ready for that Colorado Rockies series then over the weekend. And, boys, let's get out here the only way we know how to here at Cubs on Tap. Let's go, Cubs. Fuck them. Fuck the Cardinals.